turn up your radio, it's time for DeLorean Talk with your host, Dave Tavers. Hi, and thanks for joining another episode of DeLorean Talk. This is Dave Tavers, VIN 10515 from Southern California, part of the Orange County DeLorean Club. As always, thank you guys for joining. Thanks for the messages, uh, for the emails. Really appreciate it. I'd love to do more. I know there's some of you out there that have sent me emails saying, oh, I want to be on the show. I'm not ignoring you. I will get to you. Life is busy. Everybody has those challenges. So it's a matter of... Uh, just setting aside the time and getting people to get on the same schedule. So we'll get there. Uh, I am sitting in my DeLorean on the exact spot where the DeLorean time machine rolled out of Doc Brown's van at Puente Hills Mall in Brea, California, or City of Industry, depending on who you ask. Because turns out that Mark Woodsma, is, who lives in San Francisco Bay Area, is down here in L.A. for work, and we decided we'd do an episode... Here, my DeLorean. Hey, Mark. How's it going, Dave? Great. Thanks so much for joining. Mark, if you don't know, has what a lot of people call the Mongoose car. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful, super customized DeLorean, and we're going to get into that. But uh, I met him actually almost exactly a year ago. We looked up the photo. Uh, I was up in the Bay Area last year for Thanksgiving, and turned out that Mark was pretty close by my friend where I was staying with my friend and said, Hey, can I come by? Went over there and said hi and chit-chatted, and we've been in touch for the last year. So now uh, now he's down here in L.A. visiting, or down here for work, and we're we're going to do an episode of DeLorean Talk. Yeah, it's good to get together, finally, and uh, meet up and have dinner and uh, and do the talk tonight. Um, so thanks for having me on, Yeah, and uh, it's a real pleasure. And uh, thanks for all you're doing, Dave, uh, for the community. Much appreciated from us owners for your uh, your enthusiasm and your support and uh, for doing these talks. I uh, really enjoy listening to them Good. myself. Thanks. So, glad to be here. Thanks. Well, let's. Why don't you do the typical introduction? Your introduce yourself, where you're from, what your current VIN number is, and give a pitch for the Northern California DeLorean Club. Sure. Yeah, Mark Woodsma. I live in San Jose, California, and um, my VIN is twenty eight fifty five. As you said, that's the Mongoose car. It's an August 81 build, and it was purchased in Stockton, California. Um, and I am a member of the NorCal DeLorean Club, as you mentioned, and I have been a member of the NorCal DeLorean Club since 2007, which is when I purchased my first car. Yeah, and your first car, I have, I have the note that your VIN was 4920. Do you know what happened to that car if you sold it, where it went? Um, I do. I owned that car for three years. I sold it in 2010. It went to a gentleman who lived in Seattle. Hmm. Uh, he enjoyed it there in Seattle for a few years and then moved back to New Zealand where he had lived prior and called me up one day and said, I'm moving to New Zealand and I'm taking the car with me. Oh, awesome. So it went to New Zealand and it, uh, I, I don't know how many are there right now, but I'm sure there's not many, but, uh, just in the last year, um, we kept in touch a little bit, and uh, just in the last year, I know he sold it to, to another guy who's enjoying it now, still in New Zealand. In New Zealand. That's awesome. That's cool that you've kept in touch, because I talk to a lot of other people who don't keep in touch with the person they buy the car from, or who they sell it to afterwards. That are still, they still like the community, but that's cool that you kept in touch. So you had your first car for three years, and then you sold it in 2010. You bought your current car in... Just last year, right? Yeah, in August of last year. August. So so you went for seven plus years without a DeLorean. Yep. So the story behind that was, is, well, let me backtrack a bit. The DeLorean has always been a, a car I liked as a kid um, and always wanted to, to own. And at that time, I was, like, ready to buy um, something fun. I had been driving our Volkswagens around for many years, tuning them, doing the club scene, going to shows. And I wanted something uh, fun that wasn't a daily driver. So the DeLorean I purchased then was my first classic car. Um, so my first foray into an older classic car that needed some restoration work. And, and uh, I wanted it to be a DeLorean. So I bought that car <laughs> and uh, joined the club and started working on it and doing things with it. And then uh, I actually I got tired of it at the time. I got tired of some of the issues 
um, with the car and I got frustrated over some things and I decided that I was going to let it go and, and move on to something else. I actually started driving Porsches after that because um, I wanted something uh, a little bit more sporty and faster and <laughs> now I look back on that time and I realize I tried to make that DeLorean something it wasn't oh, yeah. you know, I, I, and I take it now as a learning experience so I was trying to make the car you know more sporty and fun in the hills and everything and it really wasn't the right car for that. The DeLorean so, is totally a cruising car it's not a not a speed demon. Right. I have a different approach now to now. my new car. Well, it's been long enough in between. Yeah, and I've I've uh, had a couple different uh, sports cars and other brands in between, so I've gotten through that phase, and now I'm back. When you had the first car, you said that was also up in the Bay Area? Yep. And you were part of the NorCal Club then? Yep. Was it different back then um, with regard to the club? Like, you were working on the car, but was was the community the same as it is now back then in 2007, 8, 9? Yeah, I think so. I'm there's a in the Bay Area we got a pretty strong uh, ownership group, both new and old. And there's a couple original owners, uh, which is really great. Everybody was super welcoming into the group when I joined, and and I still they're still my friends today, even from them. Nice. And they would be even if I didn't if I hadn't bought another DeLorean. Sure. And I think. Well, wanting, that, wanting to buy another DeLorean was part of the reason. <laughs> you know, having having those friendships and the strong and the club organization is you know one of the reasons why owning a DeLorean is so cool um, well part of that also is you is that you're friendly and outgoing and helpful you're you're a car guy already so you know car stuff and it sounds like if you were doing all that work to your first DeLorean you probably knew a lot about the car well I was in a learning phase so there were people then helping me and then things that I did on that car then I would turn around and help others do on theirs yeah even then and I do that today too I like to uh, I like to share what I've learned um, you know and the enthusiasm behind it when new owners come in and they have questions if I've done it I'll raise my hand and offer to help so awesome and now I uh, I'm west coast I know there's tons of DeLoreans on the midwest east coast but I'm now getting to know a lot of the leaders of the West Coast DeLoreans. I consider you one of the leaders. Uh, you guys don't have a formal structure like PNDC does, but you're pretty active and you're organizing stuff. You guys are now starting. You're also going to do a Dinner with the D's monthly dinner meetup event up there, right? Or you've been doing it. Yeah, I think that's something I'd like to start doing uh, in the NorCal area um, as a spinoff of what you've been doing down here in Orange County. Recently, I started doing events... Not just me, but some of the other key members in the club uh, hosting events on weeknights uh, to try to bring together uh, the members every month, pick a place. The Bay Area is pretty spread out, so we move around uh, from you know the peninsula to the San Francisco area to the San Jose South Bay Area all the way out to Sacramento, doing a just a quick informal uh, weekday meetup. A lot of us... Um, are busy on the weekends you know we have families school soccer practice or or you're you know you may have to work you know if you got a yeah. type of job you got to work the weekends you can never get out to these cars and coffee events and so on doing a weeknight meetup even though it's short gives you that opportunity yeah so good well and you guys have you have a good group of people up there that are pretty active but you are spread out a bit kind of like in southern california southern california is huge so we've got very clear delineation between Los Angeles, Orange County, and San Diego, and then there's Riverside. You guys, you have South Bay and Peninsula and all that, but uh, it's too hard. I think it would be too hard to break you guys up into separate groups. For SoCal, it's pretty clear to do LA, Orange County, San Diego, Riverside. Um, so I ho hopefully you guys get some more people. If anybody out there is listening and you know a DeLorean anywhere in the Bay Area, if they're not already involved with the NorCal Club, uh, check out the website, which is what? ncdmc.org. ncdmc.org. Northern California DeLorean Motor Club. And, of course, on Facebook, NorCal DeLorean. Awesome. I'd say uh, Facebook is probably one of our most active places right now. If you're on Facebook, you can join the group. And uh, we post uh, events there, of course, and uh, just regular chit-chat and you know, if someone needs a hand or they got an issue, they post a picture up or if they just bought a new car. You know, things like that. Awesome. So you had your first car for three years. You just bought the new car, the, the Mongoose car, as some people are calling it. 
the first time I met you, I got to see the car and you only had it a month or so, a month or two. It is beautiful, but I, I really love your connection to it because it started, that car meant something to you a long time before you got it. So the car is unique, but it's been unique to me too, because um, for me, the car was my DeLorean introduction. You know, as a kid, I was probably 10 at the time. My brother had a car magazine and there was this DeLorean in it. Um, and the magazine was Sports Car Graphic of February 1984. And there was an article about this custom DeLorean in there and a photograph. And the photograph in front of Coca-Cola trucks on the side of the street. And that, that image always stuck in my head. I used to draw this car in high school <laughs> when I should have been paying attention in math class <laughs> and things like that. But this was, since this car was the, probably the first time I had seen a DeLorean in a magazine or in a photo, I was always like, man, that's a cool looking car. So it always stuck with me in my the back of my head, the, the just the look, the stance, the, the you know, five years ago would have remembered. I was like, oh, could I draw that today? Probably not, but it was always there. You know, it was always my, uh, like I said, my, my introduction and, and probably part of the reason why I liked the DeLorean car and why I bought the, the, the first one in 2007. So that car obviously is the Mongoose DeLorean as it's known today. I always wondered where it was, what happened to it, you know, did it still exist? Had it been crashed or had it been left in a field somewhere? You know, what, what happened to it? Because it, the only pictures that really existed were this magazine. Magazine ad. You know, nobody, it, 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 there was never a photo of it on the old DMC talk or you Google it online, you could never, you never find anything. And then uh, earlier last year, a photo of it showed up on the internet and I saw that photo and I went, that's that car. <laughs> and I remember sitting on the couch. I remember the exact moment it happened. I'm sitting on the couch. I think it was Facebook. And I'm, you know, doing my normal thing in an evening, scrolling through Facebook. And I see it and I'm like, holy cow. And I hold the computer up to my wife and I show her the screen. <laughs> I'm like, see this? If I can buy this car, I'm buying this car. And she looks at me and kind of goes, you know, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple months later, I did buy it. And it was just a couple months later. Well, it was... Couple months, yeah. yeah. So I had to track down where the car was, and 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 you know, wasn't for sale at the time, but that came to be. Really? Yeah. Wow. I I think it's such an awesome story that the first time you saw a picture of a DeLorean, thirty years ago, or yeah, how long ago? Nineteen eighty-four. So thirty-four years. Thirty-four years ago, the first picture you see of that specific car, and now you bought that car. Yeah. That is the amazing thing to me. Yeah, it's still amazing to me too. I walk in my garage, open the door, and it's sitting there, and I see the orange stripes down the side and the DeLorean script down the bottom of the door, which is hand-painted, by the way, and stenciled. Um, I'm like, I'm still amazed when I walk in and I see the car sitting there. Yeah, if you if you don't know the car that we're talking about, it is, it's a half-painted DeLorean. Uh, lots of stainless is still exposed, but there's some really cool, and uh, this is not new vinyl graphics. These are... This is really hand painted, a hand painted job from 1982, right? 83. Yeah. So I'll go over if you like the external. So the rub strips on the side of the car have been removed. From that line down on the body, it's all gloss black paint. Above that is like a graphite paint, then a black stripe, then a red stripe, then an orange stripe. So with about three to four inches below the window line, from there on up, it's all stainless. So the most of the roof is stainless, the hood is stainless, but only the tops of the fenders, the top edge of the door, and a little bit on the rear. So it's it's truly unique, I think, because I've never seen another DeLorean that's half painted. Right, that's half. You've either half. seen them all painted or never painted. Right, but never half half like this. Yep. Um, the the treatment, the way that the graphic design was done, and it is all paint basically from that orange stripe down, um, is the lines start at the front on the fascia. It wraps around from the headlight and it runs down the side of the body. It gets fatter as it goes, then wraps up over the roof, and then it comes back down and it gets fatter as it goes back. So it gives a it gives an impression of the car being a really wedge. A wedge, yes. yeah. yeah, very sleek. Yeah. Definitely go look at DeLoreanTalk.com onto the episode page because we'll have a whole bunch of pictures up there uh, and 
Mark has a lot of great photos. It's a beautiful, sincerely beautiful car. I tend to be one of those that really, I'm not a fan of the painted DeLoreans, but um, this is beautiful uh, def and definitely unique. So check out the photos. It's also very period correct. <laughs> yeah. Having been done, it's very 80s look. And, um, well, there's a reason for that. People people will stop me at a, you know wherever I am at a car show whatever and like oh did you do that and I'm like no this was done in 1983 <laughs> you know it it's authentic it's all and it's all real I think it's a Emron paint so it's the stuff you can't get anymore it's nice and durable well and there's a reason why it's called the Mongoose car and there's a reason why it's period quote unquote period correct that's correct yeah. what is that um, well, um, the, the reason the car is the way it is is because this was a creation of Mr. Skip Hess, the owner of Mongoose Bicycles, uh, a brand I'm sure many of us listeners are aware of right and have age. heard of, the yeah. right age. I know BMX products, um, probably the creator of the BMX bike as we know it today. Yep. Um, uh, Skip was a car guy. He was also into racing and drag racing and uh um, he liked um, he liked interesting cars. He didn't want to have uh, the run-of-the-mill thing. So a DeLorean was a car he liked. He liked the story behind it and the, the design of the car, but he didn't want a regular DeLorean. He wanted something <laughs> different. Um, Skip was also uh, a Pantera guy, a De Tommaso Pantera guy, um, and had a nice customized Pantera that became quite famous as well. Mm. So uh, Skip commissioned this uh, this DeLorean to be built back in the 80s. Or customized. Customized, yeah. 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 So it was customized by a hot rod shop uh, down here in L.A. at a, a shop in Hawaiian Gardens by a hot rod builder who's, I think, quite legendary in the, in the scene, uh, in the hot rod scene. His name is Fat Jack Robinson. Fat Jack. Yep. So he built the car. There was another company, another uh, gentleman involved uh, who I think brokered the deal. His name's Gary Hall, and his business was Hall Pantera. Hmm. And that's a Pantera uh, company that's also based down here in L.A., which is still in existence today, although they're no longer customizing and building cars. They're just selling parts nowadays. Huh. But there's still, uh, there's still an active business in the industry. So Hall Pantera brokered the deal, hired the company to build it, Fat Jack, the car was purchased brand new by Skip in '82 uh, in Stockton, California, and uh, basically driven or transported. I'm not sure exactly directly to the hot rod shop. <laughs> so it was a brand new car when it was built, and uh, it took them about 13 months to wow. complete the project at a cost of $12,000 in 1983. In '83, at first you might think, well, if you have not seen the car, you might go 12 grand to paint the car, but that is not what this car is. Yeah, I think the paint part of it was about 3000 Right, and it's beautiful, but again, there is some crazy stuff on this car. I, I, like I said, when I met Mark for the first time last year, I got to see the car up close, and he was pointing out some of the stuff. The biggest thing that still stands out of my mind, he, pull, he, he pushed it out of the garage, backed it out of the garage, and when you laid, I laid down on my stomach, if, I make it, if you make a fist, I couldn't put my fist between the ground and the frame of the car. It is freaking ridiculously low. Yeah, it's really low. It was <laughs> it, super low. It, it was. I've I've raised it a little bit just for driving around today's bumpy roads and yeah. parking lots and driveways and things, so I don't do any damage. Um, so talk, yeah, talk about the specifically the stuff that he did because you don't have stock rims anymore in the car. That's right. And they they this is part of that twelve thousand dollar price tag from eighty three. Yep. Uh, huge changes to the car. Yeah, so not only is the, the exterior changes significant, but also the suspension rework was uh, quite significant. And um, I had a conversation with the son of the builder a couple months back over the phone. And uh, basically he told me, like, they did it the hot rod style, where they would take the car, lift it up, take the wheels, cut all the suspension off, get the wheels and tires they wanted to put on the car, put them underneath, just kind of hold them there, and then, okay, build an all-new suspension around that so oh. they could get the stance they want. And that's wow. basically what they did. The other thing that was amazing, that the way it was done, was they never actually took the body off the frame. They did all the customization that I'll explain with the body still there, which is quite amazing because there's a lot of welding wow. and cutting and things yeah. like that. So in a nutshell, it's got really wide rear tires. Um, they're 12 <laughs> inches wide, yeah. and they fit actually quite well under the tubs. I'm running a 295 width tire on a 15-inch by 10 wheel in the rear and a 
235 on a 15 by 8 in the front. And in order to fit those wheels with the offsets, which are quite deep, the rear suspension's been narrowed 6 inches, and the front suspension's been narrowed about 4 inches. That's crazy. So in, in order to achieve that, they handmade all these suspension parts. So it's still using all the same original geometry of uh, DeLorean. So it's still a trailing arm with upper and lower links in the rear. And it's still an upper A arm with a single link in the front, and you know, located by the sway bar. But the sway bar is custom because obviously everything's narrower. So the right. points where they attach to the control arm is narrower. Um, the lower control arms are a modified factory arm, boxed in on the bottom, but shortened. The upper A arms on the front are handmade, now adjustable, so I can adjust for both camber and caster. That's something you added, right? No, no, that's, oh, that's that was handmade the way. Um, oh from them so they okay. made the car adjustable in ways the factory DeLorean suspension is not the factory suspension is only adjustable basically in tow <laughs> you know in the front yeah. and the rear yeah um, and now I have adjustability in all directions yeah. on all four wheels the rear with the narrow track the trailing arms are, are the angles are changed so that the car can be aligned there's really big spacers in the front still has a, the tab bolts up at the front but everything is a, a lot closer to the to the body um, I actually have a little bit of rubbing going on. I got to correct on the rear where the they're so close up to the body, the fiberglass body now, yeah. kind of rubbing. In fact, there's some areas that the body's not there anymore. Oh, yeah, I'll get to that too. Oh, sorry. <laughs> right up at the front, the springs and shocks have been changed, um, and they went to coilover suspension front and rear, and they put on like a 13-inch tall, which is common in the hot rod industry, I think, off a of Jaguar, which mm -hmm. is a, just a threaded body shock. It was a Coney Sport. With, uh, with a 10-inch tall spring. And in order to install those on the front, uh, they basically cut the box off on the frame where the factory shock mounts, and they added two tabs, and then there's a through bolt. And they did the same thing on the rear. They cut the box off of the frame and mounted the shock you know, with a through bolt on two tabs. In order to do that on the front, they actually cut the fiberglass away. <laughs> So when you open the hood and pull the carpet back, you can see the top of the shock and top right. of the spring poking through. Big holes in your in your tub right yeah, there. Yeah, so I don't drive in the rain <laughs> with stuff in there. I don't want to get wet. Right. That's awesome. Uh, sincerely, it's it's just so shockingly low when I saw it a year ago. And now you've raised it a couple inches? Yeah, I've, I've since replaced the shocks and springs actually just recently as well with modern QA1 brand components. So now I have adjustable shocks, front and rear, so I can dial in the stiffness. Um, and I went to a lot softer rear spring rate. The car, when I got it, it, was set up with a really stiff rear spring. I mean, it was really bouncy. All the suspension was basically in the tire, oh, which wow. is really wobbly because it's such a big balloon-like tire yeah. um, with the 295 on the 15. It was just way too stiff. It was, you know, you're bouncing around like crazy. <laughs> so um, I've since gone to uh, half the spring rate in the rear. But I'm still way low below what factory rates are because my geometry is so different. Yeah. My shocks are way more upright than they are factory. Normally they're <laughs> angled a little bit on yeah. a normal car. Mine are like straight up and down. Like in the rear, because of the wide tire and because everything's narrowed up, my spring and shock is basically straight up and down and a half an inch from the frame and a half an inch from the tire. <laughs> there's just there's just no room. So if you're if you're looking at your car at home and you're 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 underneath and you see you know, six inches of space. I don't have that. It's all really close. The other thing is, like, when you came over and you said, oh, it's really low, I can't, like you said, your fist, If you you can't put a pop can under my frame. You can only get... By a lot. Like, like, like three quarters of the pop can, maybe, and that was it. Yeah. It was that low. So it would scrape going into my driveway. Yeah. Just the roads around the Bay Area are pretty rough, some pretty big dips on the highway. So when I uh, put new shocks on, I went to a taller one so I could get a little more ride height out of it so it's a little safer for the car and a little more compliant, yeah. a little more suspension travel. Well, and you're not going to rip out the underside of the car or the fascia, the front fascia. Right, yeah. Like I said, I wanted to protect it, but I also wanted to make it a little bit nicer to drive too so it wasn't so rough. One of the issues the car had when I got it was the CV axle boots were all torn up, and that was, I think, caused by the severe angle of the axle because the car was sitting so low. So normally the axle should be straight horizontal across. Mine were, you know, up at a 30 degree angle, which where you know puts a lot more stress on the axles. Yeah. And uh, on the on the outers, because everything's so close again, the boot was actually hitting the frame. So when you hit a big bump, the axle <laughs> would actually right hit again. the frame. Oh, things were that close together. So 
that's what you get with a you know a custom hand built car yeah modified car like that you know you give up some things in order to get the look right right <laughs> and it so. is a great look talking about going back to the uh, the wheels and tires you'd shown me that you had some new parts made for the offset right for the offset of the tires yeah the rims when i got the car um the way the wheels are made they're a custom made set the they were made by hal pantera they're similar design to what they were selling for panteras at the time but this is a one-off set specifically made for this car oh. the only set they made well, i thought they were pantera rims they look like pantera rims but the pantera rims were a different bolt pattern and they were a 17 inch and mine are a 15 inch wow so they're a one-off set uh, which makes me kind of nervous because they're the only set, but yeah. so be it. Deal with that problem when you get there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so they're pretty cool that way. It's a it's a three-piece wheel, um, so you have an inner barrel and an outer barrel with the, the center sandwiched in between. Hmm. Recently, in prep for a show, I had them completely disassembled, polished, had the centers re-anodized, so I completely restored the wheels. Oh, wow. I had a, some small leaks, too, because the sealant had failed over the years. Yeah. So I had those refurbished and... Uh, put back on the car now they're now they're great but what you had mentioned um i had new new spacers machined the car came with the factory little three millimeter uh spacer for the rear wheel um and then an additional 10 inch 10 millimeter or, or so uh one in there when you'd go to put the wheel on it would never line up and it wasn't hub centric or anything so i had a, a nice custom one machined up and it fits a lot better now those are impressive as it is just looking at the at that photo so uh, and I didn't know what hub centric was, so I had to ask you. And it basically it helps you center the when you put the rim onto the hub. Right. It's 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 an alignment feature that allows yeah. when you put the wheel on the hub, everything lines up. You're not relying on the bolts. The bolts to, to center the yeah. wheel on the hubs. That way, you, you know you don't get vibrations and stuff. Yeah. And then you mentioned um, some of the other modifications I've made. The handmade suspension components, like the rear, upper, and lower links, they put on the car. Uh, when they built it in 83, were smaller than the stock DeLorean stuff and a little weaker. So yeah. I decided to strengthen them and go a little bit bigger. So for the lower, I actually purchased a set of used factory lower arms, put new bushings in, cut them in half, took about six inches out or three inches out. And then I installed uh, Rob Grady's um, adjuster links into those. So I'm now running a factory DeLorean lower link, but it's a lot shorter, and now it's fully adjustable. <laughs> and adjustable. Yeah, and I can adjust it on the car because it's a left and right thread rather than having to disassemble it, spin it, put it all back together. Right. So it's a lot easier to adjust the alignment now. And, you, and you've spent some time tweaking it, you were talking about. getting You'd put it up on blocks, you'd measure everything, you'd make adjustments, you'd go out and drive it, come back. Yeah, and that was to try to get the ride height nice and level and at a... A stance and a new, uh, you know, how high the front is, how high the rear is, um, at a level that I was comfortable with for driving, mm -hmm. but also kind of maintained the, the look of how the car was produced originally. Right. And I did that, I had to do that after having put on all new suspension yeah. and having refreshed some of the parts. Because when I first put it all back together, it was a little bit Wonky. offset, you know, the front left corner was too low. Yeah. So that was just a bit of trial and error of, um, you know, it's Lifting it up, take the wheels off, adjust the new suspension. The suspension, the new shocks have a threaded body with uh, two locking collars, like a traditional coilover, so I can adjust the ride height independently on all four corners. Yeah. Are you all done with your tweaking now? It's been a couple of months since you've gotten all, or you finished all this rework in June, July of 2018. Right. And here it is, beginning of November. Are you done tinkering? Or do you still have more oh, to do? Oh, no, there's still much more to do. <laughs> it never stops. Um, yeah, a few more suspension tweaks here and there. I just recently rebuilt the steering rack, and the uh, steering had some play in it. So I, uh, I purchased the DIY rebuild kit from Rob Grady and uh, refinished the exterior of the rack as well. Re new paint and all that. Put new tie rod ends on. Um, I did a home alignment with some aluminum bars because I didn't have the, the cool rig that you can mount to your wheel. <laughs> right. That's uh, on the Christmas list. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, so I could take it to some shows, some cars and coffee events recently and actually got it pretty close. So yeah. it's driving good now. I can take it on the road. I got a few more little uh, adjustments to make on the front end and then I'll then I'll take it to, um, you know, a real alignment, alignment shop, shop yeah. and really get it di dialed in so it drives good. Unless it's secret, what other stuff do you want to do the car? 
just general restoration work. Not particularly the customization that was done in the early 80s. I don't want to affect the, the originality of this car in any way, especially visually. Yeah. One thing that's really great about it, and I was really happy to find the car in such good condition, um, it's got 15,000 miles on it. So it was driven in its in it I think in period most of those miles the per prior owner had it in a private collection for 30 something years <laughs> since the mid 80s um, and I don't think it got used a lot although I don't really know I don't really have good records on that so it's not got a ton of miles on it I was just super happy to find the car and find that it hadn't been neglected and everything. Right. So, like you said, it's beautiful, and it really is. The paint has really survived well, and the stainless is in great shape. Yeah. But so is the interior. The interior is all original. The seats are not torn. The carpets are nice and clean. The dash is not cracked. And the binnacle's it, in good shape. And it's got tinted windows, and it's a black interior. So it's, Their windows are not tinted. Oh, they're not? No, they're not. Oh, so, again, I only saw the car in person that one time, but, yeah. man, it looked... It, it is like a black hole looking through the window. It is so dark in there. Just, you know, you take it to events, you pop the doors open, and people that don't know DeLoreans, and you say it's got 15,000 miles on it, they're like, what? That's crazy. And it's like, well, that's like kind of common, you know, right. for DeLoreans to have low miles. You know, just the interior is in such great shape. Yeah. So really what I'm focusing on is the mechanicals, and that's what I really like doing as well. Yeah. You know, with cars I um, have owned or currently still own other cars, is the mechanical restoration work. So just going through, you know, 30, 40 year old stuff underneath. It's got all new brakes now, new calipers front and rear. You know, it's had a master done. It's got all new fuel system in it. It's got a 134 um, air conditioning system in it. Were the brakes all still stock? I mean, um, with all it's that- It's all stock. Okay. It's, yeah. Just I, with all that custom work, it almost seemed, and you know, custom rims and the whole bit, it seems like it might've, they might've replaced that, but that's all still yeah, original. Most of the custom work done on the car was is I'd say probably 90% of the work done is for style and for looks, not so much performance. However, it did have an aftermarket handmade exhaust on it originally. Oh. And uh, per the magazine article, which is a, actually a really good source of records for me, it does mention that they did some head work. Um, oh, really? Maybe just in cams or flowing the heads or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I've not opened up the engine to, uh, okay. to verify any of that. I was going to say, if you check to see if they're the original cams or not. I and don't you have not. Yeah. I don't know. Everything I did have the covers off to to clean them up and take care of some leaks and things that the car had when I got it, um, and everything looks really nice and clean under there. So, wow. nice. It's had some um, cosmetic work done to the engine to clean it up a little bit. You know, I got orange fuel lines, and all the little, <laughs> the little clips like on the on the engine cover, the clips that hold the grills in are all yeah. powder coated orange. Underneath, did you um, do that? No, the the prior owner that nice. I got it from uh, did did that work. And, and it's funny. Looks, it looks really cool. It's like it I'm does. still undecided whether it's something I want to keep or oh, please keep that. do I want to go back to like original and 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 make it look like no. uh, it would if it was brand new out of the factory. The, the car is already so customized, and if you don't know what we're what we're talking about, it's so when you raise your engine, not the louvers, but the engine cover. You know, the engine cover has all those grates in it, but the clips that hold those screens in screens, yeah. those are the things that are orange so when i when i see in the pictures of your car with the engine cover open it makes it stand out just that much more I, not that i have a vote but leave those in because that yeah. looks great and it matches the color you know the orange stripe on the car yeah and it's got the stainless coolant bottle and it's got um you know it's got the modern things you'd want to have yeah. it's got the modern fuel lines on it and, and a modern alternator it's got a dpi exhaust on it right now and so you replaced the original handmade exhaust. That was done. Apparently, it rusted out because it wasn't. It was just regular steel. Uh huh. So the the guy I got it from had taken it off and put the DPI on it with oh, the work he it. did to to get the car roadworthy again after got coming it. out of the collection. Got it. Uh, so it's got some some custom engine work, but chassis wise, it's like you said, it's the brakes are stock. Uh, we just put all new stuff on and refresh it all. Got it. Good. So I know that you took the car to Radwood. Yeah, Radwood, San Francisco in June of uh, this year. When the first Radwood came out the prior year, I was that's when I had just found out about that <laughs> event. And for those that don't know, Radwood is a is a car show that's for '80s and '90s cars only, of, and that's any kind of car from you know your 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 Fleetwood convertible to your Toyota pickup or Toyota van to <laughs> to whatever. Um, anything goes as long as it's '80s and '90s and it's cool. I think I was talking to uh, maybe Ryan Foster recently about that, that so many of these car shows are 79 and older. 
and and then we get excluded because we're not that and and yeah. it kind of fits right we don't belong really parked next to a 57 chevy or some beautiful classic car i don't know how many car shows there are that are 80s and 90s yeah it's a great niche that the, that the guys that are running that event have got going and they just recently uh, they did an la event last year and then came back to san francisco this past year in June. So I was, after I got the car, I'm like, oh, I got to take it to Radwood. That's yeah. going to be like my big unveiling show. Yeah. Right? Because it, it really had been out of the public eye for, for years and years. Well, and in fact, the car wasn't even in California when you found it. No, it was in uh, Indiana. So 30 plus years in a private collection in Indiana. Yeah, it disappeared. Yeah, yeah it's I gone. Think, I think a lot of newer DeLorean owners may have never even seen the photo before. Because yeah. it just hadn't. Other than that article. Other than that article. Yeah. You know, and and I know um, on Tamir's site, he had a lot of different magazine articles. And I'm sure a lot of us DeLorean enthusiasts have all gone there and seen and read some of the old articles. And it's there. And that's where I had originally found it, too, after thinking, oh, one year later. But it's funny because when I got my first DeLorean that we were talking about before, I was sure I had that magazine still. So I remember going (laughs) in my garage and digging through all my old boxes of car magazines to try to find the one with that DeLorean in it. The one, the car that I now own, which is crazy. That's that's my favorite part of that story (laughs) that you see a car at 10 10 ish years old and then you buy it 30 years later. Yeah. And then um, just the other day, I was um, going through an old computer, and I was pulling off all my old pictures from the prior car because I wanted some photos of things I had done to that one that I then wanted to do to this one. And uh, I found a photo of that, mag- you know, a, a screen print of that magazine, of that article magazine in my article. old DeLorean <laughs> uh, photo album. And it's like, there's that car again. <laughs> so I have once thought that I... If I could never, if the car never surfaced, I would never find. Maybe I'd try to recreate it. Right, uh, you'd mentioned that, and yeah. I thought that that's interesting because the paint job was unique enough. I, I'm guessing you really wanted to recreate that paint job, not necessarily the crazy suspension. Well, that was always the thing. Was like, well, how am I going to do that? Because <laughs> you I didn't know. Because you didn't know how they'd done it. No, I didn't know how it done it. I didn't know what was done. I didn't know what the wheels were, or what brand they were, or anything, or. You know, I just I had that one photo from the magazine, and not even all the pictures in the magazine are in color. And I thought, you know, one. T- Anyways, when I found the car then last year, I actually um, was on a business trip, and on my way back home, I stopped off in Indiana and met with the guy that had it. He invited me to his place, and I got to see the car because I figured that was my my only opportunity to to yeah. maybe see it in person. Is like this car that was the one for me back yeah. in the day. So I brought the magazine along, and I got a picture of it. I mean, how dorky can you get, right? <laughs> but I didn't know, um, you know, if it would ever be for sale right. at the time. or um, And I just assumed that, you know, if it was for sale, it would be, it would go overseas or it would yeah. be something I couldn't afford. And, and really, I wasn't in a place where I could buy another car, another classic car. I already had a Porsche that I would had, had for several years and there wasn't really space. <laughs> yeah. But um, over the next few months, you know, we kept in touch, and um, the opportunity actually came up where I could buy the car. And um, after several conversations with my wife, she's (laughs) like, it's your dream car. I know this is a one-time shot. Go ahead. And I was like... I won't ask ask for anything for Christmas or for my birthday this year. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. But anyways, we made a deal, and I had the car trucked home. That's so awesome. It was, yeah, it was, it was really awesome. And then that week, I, I got the car home. That weekend, I took it to a car show at a golf course down the street. <laughs> I didn't even have plates or anything on it. I just like, I'm going to this car show. I don't care. That's so. awesome. Yeah, definitely check out the photos. Ownership succession. I, I For some reason, I personally find this interesting. 10515, my car, I bought from the first owner. And I thought that was kind of unique. But over the last year or so, I keep talking to other people that have also bought their cars from first owners, uh, which I, I just, I kind of like that. Nothing against cars that have been passed around by five, 10, 50 different people. You think you're about the fourth owner, is that right? Yeah, I think so from from what I've been able to find. Obviously, Skip was the original owner and the original purchaser. From there, I think the car went to this private collection in Indiana. I've been told that um, the original owner of the collection passed away and it went to his son, and then the son had... The collection for a period of time and then decided within the last two years or whatever to start thinning out the collection and maybe getting different things and the DeLorean was one of the cars to to pass to pass yeah. on to the next guy nice and now you're the caretaker and now I'm the, and for the foreseeable future I'm <laughs> yes. not letting this one go no not, no <laughs> so you had to bring it back to California 
a lot of people like the, well, especially on that car, since the bottom half is black, did you do the black plate, the black California plate? Yep, I did. Uh... I did go for the black plate. I figured that was a no-brainer with a half-black painted exactly. car. Yep. Um, it, unfortunately, the letters in yellow and not in orange. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of liking everything in orange these days. Uh, <laughs> one of my old Volkswagens was bright green, so I was kind of known for the color green for a while. <laughs> but um, now I'm switching to orange. I showed you some of the pictures on my phone earlier of some of the plates I was trying to, you know, the personalized plates. I mean, who has a DeLorean that doesn't have, well, you don't. I don't. <laughs> I have a personalized a plate. Number, yeah. But well, there's definitely a lot of different personalized plates. The reason why I haven't done the personalized plates is because they only had for four years in California, and it's the sunset across the top of the plate. Right. I've always loved that plate. Even as a kid, I remember I loved that plate before I was ever into DeLoreans. So when I bought this car, it has the sunset plate on it. You can't recreate them. DMV doesn't put those out anymore. So that was the reason why I have not gotten a custom plate. There's also a law in California that you have to have a front and rear plate. The first owners only had the rear plate. So if slash when that day comes and I'm forced to get a front plate, I'm either going to have to spend a bunch of money paying for a custom plate and just match two AWA 057, which means nothing, so that I have a front plate, or I'm just going to go do a custom plate. And... I've given zero thought to what I would put on a plate. Obviously, lots of people do, and this is where I'm at, where I'm headed for you. Is, yeah, you know, this is your dream car for 30 plus years. You finally got it. What did you What did you think about first, and what did you go with? I thought of a couple different things. Um, I wanted I always. I like new wave electronic music. So one of the things I was thinking of was to try to do the words new wave because I think the car kind of had the vibe from from that period too, the, the 80s, and it was kind of you know funky uh, but that wasn't available so I could try to do the new with a U but then it looked too German and then if you think about the colors on the car it's actually an upside down German flag oh. which isn't necessarily a good thing but I was like alright no I'm not going to do that one and then I thought um, uh, you know shorten it do with 81 on the end I was like man I don't like really that one enough and then I thought about um, doing B4 BTTF because the car was custom and built in 83 uh, this was all before Back to the Future. Yep. Um, even the magazine that I saw was 84, so that's even Back to the Future. So I didn't really want to do any references to Back to the Future. Not on this car, but I wanted something that was unique to the car. Yeah. So I thought about doing uh, Mongoose, you know, because it's kind of known for that. And also for the, another little tidbit for those that haven't seen the car, uh, there's actually a, a Mongoose decal on the front windshield that's original and it's slightly faded but it's you know it's got the rider's choice logo yeah. and it's it's period correct right right <laughs> sticker on the windshield so <laughs> i thought about doing the mongoose but it didn't quite fit it was either mongoose or m-o-n goose and i was like yeah i don't know if i want to do that and but i i settled on finally on one rad dmc because <laughs> that's what it is it's yeah it's the only one like it it's so that signifies the number one um, and then just one rad DMC because everybody walks up to it and they're like, man, that's rad. That's rad. So you, you did skip over something with Radwood. Right. So we did, um, we did the, I did the Radwood show, um, in June. And like I said, I was doing all kinds of work to the car to get ready for Radwood. Um, not, not only the suspension work, but refinishing the wheels. I polished all the paint and had a lot of water spots and stuff on it, some scratches for over the years. And um, I was lucky enough to have Mr. Chris Nicholson uh, come and regrain all the stainless. So it really looked really good. I took it to Radwood. I was like one of the first cars there, of course. <laughs> and uh, got the car on the grass and did the show. And I, you know, I was just awesome, happy to be there. Didn't think um, I'd win anything or anything. Um, turns out, the end of the show, at the end of the day, I won raddest. Of them all. <laughs> Raddest of them all. That's what I call it. It was like the best in show award for uh, Radwood San Francisco. So. And that's incredible because I've never been, but I can I can imagine an 80s, 90s car show, there's a lot of competition there. Yeah, there was some really cool 80s cars there, but the organizers uh, liked the story, obviously helped. And, yeah. you know, I had the magazine. I got to tell them the story of how I saw it when I was a kid. Um, and just it just screams 80s. I mean, the car just is so <laughs> yeah. period correct looking, yep. you know, with the graphics and the stripes down the side and the stance and the fact that it's a DeLorean. <laughs> right, that in itself. So, 
a year ago when I came to visit you, you had a binder with the magazine and some, some old photos in there. And I thought that was a pretty cool story too, because you, once you got the car, you started kind of reverse engineering the history and you ended up, you'd mentioned at the beginning of the show about going to that Pantera shop, but right. the photos that they gave you. Yeah. That's pretty cool. What too. a surprise that was. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, some of the, like you said, some of the re- research I was, uh, doing was to try to put together the rest of the story that happened since the magazine. The magazine was a really good resource for me about what was done and who the players were. Um, you know, I was able to contact the, the builder's son and speak to him on the phone. Um, I connected with the artist that did the graphics design on the side of the car. I spoke with him on the phone for a while. He gave me, he, he actually didn't remember the car. I had to send him an email with a photo. <laughs> and I don't blame him. I mean, I'm sure he did thousands yeah. of wor- work for different people in that time. But once he saw the photo, he's like, oh, yeah, I remember that car. That was really cool. Luckily, the car came with the original bill of sale with Skip, Skip's name and signature on it from a Cadillac dealer in Stockton. Uh, I have the original invoice for all the custom work. And it came with a stack of degulling magazines from, nice. you know, the mailers that went, and they're all to Skip's address. Right. I have his business card. I have his, his club member card with his name on it. So knowing that Hal Pantera did the work on the car, when I was on the business trip uh, here in L.A., uh, previously I knocked on their door one day and walked in. They're like, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm from SoCal and or from NorCal. And I showed them a picture of the car on my phone. And I'm like, do you remember this car? And uh, the lady behind the counter, she's like, mm, no. But she calls her mom from the back. Her mom comes around and I show her the photo. And she's like, oh yeah, those are our wheels. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, really? That's cool. I didn't know that. And uh, we had a nice conversation um, about, you know, the, the relationship they had with the with, with Skip. And, uh, and then I asked, I was like, so do you have any old records or anything buried away upstairs? And she's like, go oh, let me go check. That's I was like, amazing. wow, this could be cool. Anyways, a couple minutes go by. She comes downstairs with six photos. Prints. Prints, like f- from 1983 of the car, basically the day it was done in the parking lot. Incredible. And, and four different angles. Two of the photos were the same. So they kept those. They gave me the other four. That's amazing. So I got to add those to my file. They're great because, you know, you look in the background, you see Panteras, you see yeah. old Volkswagens, you see a guy sanding a car with knee-high socks and <laughs> this Pinto wagon, and it's like, it's just so cool. And there's this really cool DeLorean sitting Sitting there. right there, <laughs> fresh paint job in 1983. Yeah. And at the same stance, really low in the back. Yeah. Just like it was when I got it. Awesome, awesome story. If you won Best in Show at Radwood last year, are you going to go again next year and are you going to try to get NorCal DeLorean Club to to go as kind of an event? Um, I don't have any plans right now to go again next year. I think shows like that like to have some fresh blood, fresh blood each year. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of uh, Concord events that I've attended. You know, if you if, like, if you place, you don't typically uh, get to come back for a couple of years because right. they want fresh cars. Yeah, every year. So, um, a couple of our other uh, NorCal members have uh, went to Redwood in the past. Next year is, um, you know, just continue the, the the progress of the restoration, make the car drive properly and run properly and safely and, and get it out and show it and, and take it to, I like going to Cars and Coffee events and start doing more DeLorean events with uh, the other members. Awesome. Now that you have the car, does your wife enjoy? Do you Have you taken her out to dinner <laughs> or whatever in it? Actually, we just went, we haven't gone out to dinner, but uh, we... Finally, for the first time, she came with me to a Cars and Coffee just the <laughs> last weekend. <laughs> she as enamored with the lowered and the paint job as you are? Um, she likes the car. I would say that she knows I love the car, so she's really happy about that. She, sees, she sees the excitement and the, the uh, enjoyment I get out of it. Nice, so, um, nice. I have a really awesome wife. So. Good. <laughs> fantastic story i've since i met you last year i really i just love that inception moment from being 10 10 years old seeing a magazine story and then buying the exact car from the magazine story 30 years later I, i've told other people that so i'm again i'm really glad that you joined me and that we can that you can share the story the car really is beautiful uh, check out the pictures if you are in the bay area northern california area track down some other members of the NorCal club and uh, find out when they're going to do something and 
get together with them and meet up, and uh, maybe you'll be lucky enough to get Mark to bring bring the car out. Yeah, if you're ever traveling through uh, the NorCal area on business, pleasure, whatever, and you want to hook up with one of us, just like you did, Dave, um, one time you came by, you gave me a call. Yeah, please uh, please do that. We'd, we'd love to meet you. And uh, thanks very much for having me on the show. Thank you. So the last question I ask people, in fact, uh, I met another new owner here in Orange County just in the last week or so. He had already listened to DeLorean talk. And I opened my trunk to get something, and he laughed and goes, that's why you ask everybody what's in your trunk, because my trunk has way too much junk in it. So your car is beautiful. It's uh, You've just been doing all the work on it. What is in the trunk of your car? Well, I came prepared because I knew you were going to ask this question because <laughs> I have listened to all your shows. Right now, I took a look even before I left. I have two chairs that I use for car. It's all car show stuff. So I have two chairs. I think I have some bottles of water. And I have uh, my Plexi headlight covers. All right. Well, thanks again, Mark. And I'm looking forward to seeing seeing you again up there or down here in L.A. Yeah. Uh, one of these days, if your work schedule here in L.A. coincides with some event that the Orange County DeLorean Club's doing, I hope you'll join us. It'd be a, I'd love to. Be and, great. and thanks for taking me to Lone Pine Mall. Lone Pine Mall. <laughs> yeah, we're sitting in the parking lot at Lone Pine Mall. Uh, there's now a 24-hour fitness instead of a JCPenney. So uh, even at, I have been here many times at 2 o'clock in the morning, and there are 50 cars in the parking lot. You cannot get a good, a good picture at this mall ever anymore. So, <laughs> Okay, well, everybody, thanks again for joining uh, DeLorean Talk. Please do spread the word so that we can uh, you know, get more people excited and interested, get more people to come out to the community, get their cars out of the garages and back on the road. Again, I'd love to get more DeLorean club leaders around the world to join me on a phone call and talk about your club, what you're doing, what works, what, what could be done better, and, uh, and to do a little advertising. So maybe someone will find out that you exist and can come uh, join your club. Drive safe, everybody, and uh, uh, take care.